Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. From Nickelodeon Animation in Burbank, California, this is the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hector Navarro, and we have got a really cool episode for you today. We're in a really exciting position to share with you guys a brand new show that hasn't aired yet, but already has a presence online, which is kind of part of the show itself. Pinky Malinky is the brand new show from Nickelodeon about an enthusiastic wiener named Pinky and his two best friends, Babs and JJ. And even though Pinky Malinky is a wiener, he's really only one letter away from being a winner. We're so lucky to be able to talk to the creators of Pinky Malinky, Chris Garbutt, and Ricky Aspion. You're working on the show, you're deep in the world, and the world has yet to really experience the show. How are you guys feeling right now? Impatient. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you want to get it out there. You want to show everyone what you've been making. But I think it's nice to have had all this time to kind of really dive into the show, get to know the characters, uh, flesh out the world and getting to a rhythm with making the show. Yeah. So I think once we do go out, we're going to have, for one, we're going to have a lot of content to go out so we can have a strong kind of release. But we'll have some really good episodes that we've had a lot of time to kind of dig into it. Let's talk a little bit about just animation as a whole. What are some of the stuff that you grew up with and loved as a kid? When did you get into animation? What got you into animation? I mean, I'm a big uh, Donald Duck fan. (laughs) That's really where it all started for me. I grew up in the countryside in Denmark, so I didn't even think about the fact that people actually sat somewhere and made animation. I don't know. I guess you just thought oh that just, just appeared by magic yeah. Yeah. yeah sure yeah yeah donald was just a real guy yeah. and we're just you know <laughs> we're just watching his life yeah i still i remember the moment where i was like wait this is a job because my stepmom she cut out an article from a magazine saying look at this yeah there's a danish girl who got a job at disney and i think i was 12 years old and I was like, what? A job at Disney? So that means that people actually sit and do yeah. this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my mind is blown. <laughs> and I, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I, now I know what I want to do. What was it about Donald Duck that you loved as a kid? He wears uh, no pants. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That freedom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think he was just more raw and honest than the other ones. <laughs> I always an, It always annoyed me when... I'm not a big Mickey Mouse fan sure. at all. <laughs> You're like, come like, on, no, Mickey, that's not how you really I'm, feel. Come that on, that angry duck, that yeah, angry yeah. duck in the corner. I like him. You yeah. certainly share that side. So fun. Yeah, anger. I can I can relate to him yeah. a lot more. Yeah. What about you, Chris? What kind of stuff did you love growing up? Uh, I mean, obviously, like Tom and Jerry, Warner Brothers, yeah, like, uh, Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny, all the Tex Avery stuff. Very they cool. were so accessible as a kid, and just loved that all mm-hmm. of that kind of thing. Uh, I was very heavily influenced by a comic called The Beano, which is a British comic, which I don't know how many people really know over here, but that was a huge influence on me growing up, and me and my brother used to make our own comics and all that kind of thing. So from a very early age, I was uh, coming up with my own characters, drawing stuff, so it kind of was inevitable that I wouldn't be able to do anything else apart from (laughs) from that. As well as that, like on a... uh, In the summer holidays, in the morning, on a Saturday morning, you'd have... Just this block of programming where it was like uh, all kinds of different cartoons, and that always 
interested me. You have like He Man next to Wacky Races. Yeah. Just whatever, just kind of bunched together. It was just this whole like smorgasbord of amazing, silly, fun cartoons. And it wasn't always about like how beautiful the animation was. It was Mm -hmm. just about how much fun you were having watching these things. So, I mean, obviously, I can appreciate amazing animation like uh, Studio Ghibli, obviously, Disney, Pixar. Everyone like that does wonderful stuff, but that at the same time, later though, right? yeah, yeah. I it mean, started with all the funny little quirky. Yeah, ones. exactly. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could call it trash, but I like sometimes like the trashy side of animation, which oh, yeah. I, I don't like calling it trash because I love it. But yeah. it's a lot of people within the industry would kind of see it that way. Stuff like uh, uh, He Man, Thundercats, yeah. things like that, which is just great, great fun. Yeah, I think there's room so, for all of them. <laughs> definitely need and some like, diversity. Obviously, all the Hanna Barbera stuff, love like, it. Same Scooby Doo, uh, Wacky Races, all that kind of thing. Which, uh, as working, somebody works in the animation industry, again, people can think that's a bit kind of lower quality. But mm-hmm. the, the stuff they were pioneering in regards to like limit limited animation for television for me, absolutely, that's more interesting than just having the money to be able to do what you want. And I guess I, I couldn't move on without mentioning Ren and Stimpy as well which I think of course there's, there's so many people in, in the industry nowadays <laughs> who are influenced by that show which yeah. was obviously influenced by the, the old Warners yeah totally things like that and Hanna-Barbera their approach to animation do you remember where you were the first time you guys saw Ren and Stimpy like where you were and what you thought yeah. I, I was a student and I was drunk and I was watching <laughs> that show with my friends and loving it <laughs> so you kind of tapped into that sounds like a good time. inebriated yeah. corners of my brain. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know how I could tell that you guys are a good couple? Because <laughs> we've got the love of Donald over here, the love of Daffy over here. That's like right. that's like best of both worlds right there. <laughs> so I'm sure that your favorite scene in, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit is when they're dueling piano because <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> that are listening and they might not be familiar with Pinky Malinky. Can you guys tell us about the show? Well, Pinky is a th- he's a 13-year-old uh, hot dog sausage. 13 forever. Yeah. <laughs> he's a little boy but he, hap- he happens to be a hot dog yeah. as well and yeah. you know that doesn't that's not a problem for him. It's just and he li- he lives in our world so it's obviously he's a world of humans and he's the only sausage there and that kind of makes him stand out a little bit makes him a bit special. And some people might see that as a problem, but he kind of takes a positive stance, like thinking that a wiener is only one letter away from being a winner. And that's kind of his <laughs> mantra, if you like. That's sort of sums him up. I guess the show itself is, that's it's kind of the theme. It's about... Embracing champi- yeah, differences. Yeah. And championing people who do feel different. And also, I think, I mean... Almost everyone has probably felt like a bit of a wiener at some point. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he just, uh, he literally looks like one as well. And the show itself, uh, I guess, is a little bit different to a regular cartoon because we, we approached it in a documentary format. Yes. So it's kind of documentary reality show kind of thing. So we have a, a camera crew that follows Pinky and his friends around, like at school, at home, it's their everyday lives. So it allowed us to kind of approaching a very different way in regards to filmmaking mm-hmm. like we had to had to be very conscious about how we use the camera to sell the believability of like that documentary format so the stuff that we can't do like we can't have the ca- the camera just like flying through the air following characters like in crazy different action shots yeah. you can't have like POV Pointing, shots yeah. we kind of purposefully limited ourselves to really try and sell that format yeah. which has 
definitely been a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think we're at a place now where all our board artists and directors they're getting they're getting really good at it and coming up with some really interesting solutions for things because I think in the beginning it was probably like okay we only have three shots we can do so what are we going to do but then all of a right. sudden you start thinking no you know we can put cameras in all these places and then there's security cameras and GoPro like GoPros cameras, and all cameras. kinds of stuff nice. yeah so the there's lots of things when you start thinking about it. You just have to be creative in a new way. Definitely. And like our uh, supervising director in the first season, Matt Lazell, and now in the second season, Megan Dong have really kind of led the storyboard team and the directors into how to approach that and how to be as creative as possible with that. Cool. Very and th- cool. And then our supervising director for the social media content, Sean Sharmatz, was again very, very smart in how he wanted to approach uh, the camera and how how everything is shot on that side of things as well. So, which has really helped influence the episodes, like yeah. all the stuff that he did, because he yeah he really nailed all of exactly. And it's developed its own it's developed its own language, if you like, which is yeah. is really good. It, and that's helped make the show feel different and unique. Is that kind of stuff, how baked into the script and the sort of initial ideas for the cartoons, for the episodes, is that in there? Or are those kinds of things figured out and problem solved at the storyboarding stage, visually? Like There's it, no script to start with. Yeah, <laughs> really? It's a board-driven show, so it's from outlines. Awesome. But we always try and consider that format from the start. I mean, sure. I mean first of all, you want to get a story, like a, a good, strong story, character-driven story in there. And then as you're developing that, you try and figure out how you would approach that with the specific cameras and all that kind of thing in mind. But again, I think as we've gone along we've put more suggestions into the writing as well because in the beginning it was probably more like a traditional Mm -hmm. outline and then as we see stuff and get more and more ideas we're like oh this would be a good place for a little sequence of videos or like b-roll footage or Mm -hmm. cut to a youtube clip or Mm -hmm. just try and make it feel as multimedia as possible cut to those little sort of like the real world confessional sections you talk to a character which is so great and yeah the talking heads we have a lot of them throughout the episode and it helps i mean you have to be careful because sometimes it can get a bit too talky yes and you have Mm -hmm. to be smart about how you use that obviously it's a good way of getting certain story points across but you need to do it in a way that doesn't feel like you're doing that Mm -hmm. well that was something we learned as well from the first maybe 10 episodes we did yeah then i'm watching them back it was like oh they're really standing still for too long yeah. we have yeah. to try and we have to solve that Whisper rapping is really cool really cool really cool Whisper rapping is really cool let's go back to the beginning let's go back to the first time you guys talked about even the idea of pinky malinky where did the idea come from how did you guys come up with this well we've Kind of been developing this idea for well, it's been you, over ten years now. You drew a hot dog with eyes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was step one. Yeah, yeah the, the first thing that came was the name, and then from there, just kind of doodling like a little hot dog character. Once myself and Ricky joined the Carter Network Development Studio in in London, mm-hmm. then that was a project that we kind of brought in there and we developed further between the two of us. Initially, he was he had a friend who was an onion, and yeah. they were. Two characters that were that lived in the countryside and they were moving to the big city. <clears throat> and the big city was like a big uh, trash dump 
if you like. Yeah. So all the characters in there would have been like all pieces of rubbish and all that kind of thing. That onion basically eventually turned into Babs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. That, that was a, that she was went a, through another few stages before yeah. she got there. Totally. And that, that was the first very initial idea, which never really went anywhere. And then kind of took a different slant on it where the idea was Pinky was at school mm-hmm. and he woke up on his first day of high school to find out he was a hot dog sausage. So he was a human before that, and on his first days, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, that one was all about him trying to, be trying become, to become a boy again. Yeah. yeah. But it it just became very sad and depressing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. because he was exactly. just, he was such a, a, a whiny wiener. Because yeah. <laughs> the, the idea was that he, yeah, he was trying to become a human again, and he had to almost like convince everyone in school that he wasn't a wiener to be able to come be a human which yeah there is, there's a weird kind of self-denial in there that just felt like a really sad yeah, story I, yeah. I think after we had worked on that and done like a short yeah. and stuff i think we sat back and looked and went oh yeah. <laughs> okay and then the, the next stage was we did a that from that short we actually got picked up for further development to make an anim, a full length like pilot animatic and that it became like a uh, heavy rock musical the next thing. <laughs> wow. Which, yeah. yeah. So we, we've been trying out a lot of different things. And that was still set at school. And it was the same kind of tact with Pinky. But his friend, who was an onion, was now like some kind of wish goblin. Yeah. So this is Babs. First an onion. Yeah. Then, and then a, a goblin. wish goblin. Yeah. 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 That's development for you. So That's you try out some yeah. crazy stuff and. You fail. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's all about: failing until you get it right. To that's be honest, that's why it's it's so nice to have lived with it for so yeah. long because now it feels like it's really landed in the place where this is the best version yeah. of of it and the one that we're happy with. And because the last thing we did at Cartoon Network was uh, this like teaser trailer, mm-hmm. which is when we first uh, adopted the documentary format, and we did a different take on Pinky at that point where he was much more positive. We came up with the thing like the wiener is only one letter away from winner, so it gave him a very specific positive attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was and when also, it started really changing and like, oh okay, now it's getting to the to a point where it's feeling it feels right. feels like it's finding itself. And we made him the only non human as well, yeah. which again sort of focused attention on him, which is the right kind of thing so at that point it started to really feel right and that's the thing that Nickelodeon picked up on was that last short that we did at Cartoon mm-hmm. Network mm-hmm. it was something that they were excited about and eventually after a few years down the line after we moved over here and uh, worked at DreamWorks for a couple of years then Nickelodeon picked us up for development here A really great thing about Pinky Malinky is that it lives in the world of social media and it acknowledges it. I mean, it's our world that we live in today, but it's not common to have cartoon characters that you can follow on Instagram, which I think is really, really cool. So talk about at one point in the development process, did that idea come into your guys' head and you go, yeah, that needs to be a part of the show or, oh, so cool, this can be a part of the show. And what's it been like working with that? That was really, as soon as we came to Nick, we that was part of the plan very yeah. early on that mm-hmm. we thought because it's a documentary and it's in a supposedly real world 
that should be a huge part of it because if they're 13 year old kids then they would have instagram accounts yeah. and whatever else <laughs> yeah. there is so yeah. just to make them feel more in touch with the their fake reality yeah. <laughs> then when yeah. when we first joined with nickelodeon we were part of the artist collective which is like their development in-house development team and that was something that was always discussed like every wednesday lunchtime we'd have like a two hour meeting where we get together kind of talk about the projects we were doing but also just talking about the world and animation and entertainment in general mm-hmm. and the thing that always came up was like uh, how things are changing in regards to like viewers uh, yeah. habits like what they're watching where they're watching it on what device they're watching it all that kind of thing and it, obviously people are spending so much time on social media facebook instagram everything like that so it seemed like it would make sense to be trying to reach an audience on those platforms yeah, so it didn't make sense to just restrict yourself to tv no, anymore you can't do that anymore you have to think bigger and i think nickelodeon is starting to do that and he's getting successful with that but i, I feel like we can push that even further because again yeah. the audience is just used to watching stuff Absolutely. not traditionally on a network on a kind of timed schedule yeah. And the more we adapt to that, the better, I think. We've got the content to do that, but I think it can be pushed even further. Yeah. I feel like there's a risk involved, though, too, whenever you deal with technology. Because we were talking about this before it started, like, Vine isn't around anymore. So yeah. is there, like, a scary, like, okay, like, we're really going in on, you know, on this thing that people will be able to find these little shorts and these characters. But, like, it might not be around in two, three years. I don't know. There's like, definitely a fear of that. <laughs> and also, will it be relevant? Sure. Yeah. Like, the kind of shorts that we're doing right yeah. now, will they even... Will it just look like old news by the time yeah. that they come out? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, f- I feel in regards to where you put it, as long as your con- content is fairly agile, you can yes. move with the audience. Yeah, definitely the content of your content, if that's not feeling kind of to date and all that kind of stuff, it's uh, that is a bit worrying. But all you can do is kind of make what you're doing at the time and hopefully it will it will stand the test of time. Yeah, and just try to think about things that will always be funny like (laughs) shouting cats (laughs) hey it's pinky and sometimes i laugh like this (laughs) and sometimes like this and even like this whoa weird tell us about Pinky, tell us about this guy. How, how is he so enthusiastic? What is this guy's deal? Well, I mean, Pinky was a kid who was almost embarrassed about being a wiener and he wanted to change that. And that was like very early on. And we've really kind of gone 360 with that and the fact that he is is proud of that. He embraces that. He champions that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. for me, it all stems from when we landed on that one little phrase of a wiener is only one letter away from being a winner. They seem to kind of... It's like that uh, the thing, the elevator pitch that everyone talks about. It's just being able to sum something up so quickly that sells the theme of the show, sells the character, the personality and everything. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was a defining moment of really sending Pinky on his way in regards to the right personality. We also got to a point where it was... Is he just too positive all the time? Is yeah, he there perf- is that. Is he perfect mm-hmm. yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. And then, then it was like, okay, let's start using it in a way where his own enthusiasm actually gets in the way of what he wants to do sometimes because he's just he takes things too far. He, yeah. He does. He takes it beyond the breaking point. Yeah. Because uh, I guess a character that is uh, 
so positive all the time can get very annoying. So we need a character that had has flaws, has a very human side to them that you can relate to and get behind and laugh at and enjoy. That so. wiener is very human, very human wiener. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. something that we've been playing with a lot is trying to deal with different emotions can be really funny because like sarcasm or like uh, jealousy and just things that he finds for him they're not natural feelings because he has that very positive outlook yeah so it's really funny to see him struggle with that and just kind of wrap his brain around what's i don't understand what's happening to me yeah. at all yeah. because <laughs> surely it can't be i mean it's a negative emotion and i can't have that why would i have that yeah like the cranky yeah. episode where he wakes up in a bad mood and yeah he's trying to do his best to be as smiley and happy yeah. throughout the day but yeah. obviously he's just keeping it inside and <laughs> yeah. at some point it all has to come out Tell us a little bit about Babs. How did she sort of change? At one point, she was an onion, you mentioned yeah, earlier. She was an true? onion, okay. a goblin. Then she turned into <laughs> a boy. A boy. Mm-hmm. And then she turned into Babs, which yeah. is... A yeah. girl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think for us, we always wanted a really strong female lead. And we wanted something that, again, not really seen as much of in animation. Like, you often see, when, when you go for a strong female lead, they're normally kind of the sassy tomboy kind of sure, thing sure uh, or the, very girly yeah girl. mm-hmm. so we wanted something different i actually wanted a girl that a girl character that would be funny like genuinely funny yeah and i i hope that's coming across but uh that's what we always try to push for someone who feels very comfortable well, in her own yeah, skin yeah exactly i was mm-hmm. just gonna say that yeah <laughs> she's just a human being she's yeah. not like and we play up on that a lot as well whenever there's any questions or anything that come up with like, you know, JJ can be really vain, but she's like, I'm just, you know, I like my hair, just knows what length to be. Yeah. What's, what's, your, <laughs> what's the problem? She's confident in herself. Pinky's yeah. been acting weird all day. So we brought some free ice cream over to surprise him. You know, this morning he asked if he was A-U. I don't know what that is. That's cute and Korean. I know the word for cute in every language. I also know every word for poison. You said he might be a little bit vain. Uh, I think J.J. Jameson is the coolest. I think J.J. <laughs> is one of the coolest Don't tell characters. him that. I, I know, because it'll go to his head. He yeah. thinks. He thinks he is and as I, well. And I think he also is, but I all, like like you said, Chris, I don't want to tell him because I don't want it to go to his head. <laughs> but uh, tell us a little bit about J.J. Has J.J. changed from any initial concept into where he is now? I mean, he was actually the latest addition. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. never had JJ in the show until like the more recent yeah. development. He was born at Nickelodeon. Yeah, totally. Oh, <laughs> um, that's so yeah. nice to yeah. say. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's a. We we had stuff in mind that we wanted for JJ, and he was kind of playing up on the fact that he's eleven months older, so he's kind of always takes the uh, I'm the kind of wise leader in yeah. a way role. And I think I mean what I really love is the fact that. All of our writing team, the board artist directors, supervising director, everyone like that, as well as Nathan, who plays the character, like everyone brought so much of themselves to this character that I feel they rounded him out even more than we did. Oh, yeah, definitely. They really brought him to life because we really only started playing around with him in the boards. So it's been really interesting to watch him grow and evolve and during he, the He does the have a lot of those like over the top JJ moments yeah. where he's just a bit like 
okay, trying to be the coolest guy, but he's ultimately, he's there for his friends when it comes down to it. When I first met Pinky, I was all like, hmm. But then we hang and I'm like, that's my boy for life. No, wait, wait, sorry, let me do that again. I do it better. Hold on, hold on. Bring it back, JJ, bring it back. Bring it back, JJ, bring it back. Bring it back, JJ, bring it back. Bring it back, bring it back. What changes did those people that you guys mentioned make to the character of JJ? What kind of contributions went into that? A lot of very small, subtle things, I think. Yeah. Like, it's just the way that he'll gesture and the way he'll talk and like catchphrases and yeah definitely dialogue yeah, stuff really helps all kinds of little things and it's literally giving him a voice yeah, right. and yeah some of it will just be from a few drawings as well where you're like oh that attitude that's so jj yeah and all of a sudden you'll just have like a whole library of yeah that's jj but and I, that really comes from the team just definitely. like throwing themselves into it and I mean, they've they've obviously also done that with Pinky and Babs, but you can see yeah. it the most with JJ, I think. Yeah, well, because he was, I think there was less there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And something else I think was really important with him because he could have turned into a bit of an unlikable character because there's that whole like cool yeah. trying to be cool side of the him. King of selfies, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. But I think what everyone added to him was the vulnerability, like seeing the side of him where he is kind of very self-conscious and he doesn't have that confidence and yeah. other little quirky things like the fact that he's got a crush on Pinky's mum and just yeah. stuff like that that adds another Yeah, so many levels, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because I think with no, Pinky and Babs, we always knew, oh, this is how they would talk and this is how right. they would reply and it's yeah. like, no, that Babs would never say that and she would, you know, this is a bit too sweet for her and too easy you know yeah. she would be more it'd be more quirky coming from her yeah. so that was always that always came really easy to us i mean and obviously they've still helped with those characters yeah. and just made them even even better yeah, yeah definitely i love that jj moment where he's laughing at something that pinky's mom did he's like ha, 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 i love your mom i love her and he has this very real like <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. so funny does dad have a what's dad's first name because i know mom is valerie right mom yeah. is valerie dad is eric Eric. They're named after my mum and dad. Are they um, based off of your mum no, and dad? Not like your mum no, and dad I mean, at all. <laughs> obviously, you can't help but bring those influences sure. in there. And, uh, yeah, all the good stuff is based on my mum and dad. Nice. Good save. <laughs> good save. That's great. Yeah. But uh, Valerie, she's the kind of... Well, she inspired us a lot as well. With, yeah. You know, she's just really down to earth and comes across like a very, like, you know speak her mind and very Definitely. honest. And she runs Crumbells, which is the uh, bakery stroke uh, gym, gym yeah. in Second Hack. So one That's half great. of the one half of it is a bakery, one half is a gym. People are eating cakes as they're doing like on the running machine, all that kind of thing. Everyone loved this place. How do you do it? Well, apart from the fact that I work real hard. Yeah, you do. The secret to my success is... <gasps> Ooh, secret! Okay, tell me now, please. Pinky, whenever you do anything, put your own personal stamp on it. Make it your own. Maybes are for babies. Let's talk a little bit about the character design and how that's evolved from the beginning as well. But how has that process been sort of developing along the way? I guess, again, because we've, we've had so long to work on it, it's something that has evolved and been refined as we've mm -hmm. gone along. I mean, just talking about Pinky himself... Uh, 
There was always an intention to try and make him look different from everything around him. I mean, he's a sausage, which is one thing, but even in the design treatment, like we, he has shading on his sausagey body that kind of gives him volume. All the other characters are very flat 2D. Yeah. Like he has to that, make which him stand out. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And we kind of went through different processes of how to achieve that. I mean, initially, the the, the first shot we did at Cartoon Network, all of that was achieved in Photoshop. So. The animation would be done in Flash. Then I'd take that animation and frame by frame build those bodies wow. with the shading in Photoshop, which was dumb. That was, that was actually <laughs> yeah. at a point where we did all of it between us. So yeah, because yeah. Ricky is traditionally an And we'd send it back and forth so many times. And it was yeah. incredibly time-consuming. <laughs> is, and I mean, the files it, were huge it and it was a nightmare. For sure. what we were doing, but obviously it's not sustainable for production on a series so as we developed further we looked into was it possible to build him in cg and go mm -hmm. down that route which we tried some experiments here which looked cool but it, yeah. it just didn't feel the right kind of thing because we, we wanted such we wanted the freedom to go very cartoony with his body which yeah. if you try to build a rig in cg to achieve all that it's be a crazy expensive rig or it's just you have to have loads of different models and it It, again, it just didn't seem sustainable for the kind of production that sure. we needed. Yeah, because we just end up losing too much of the subtlety of yeah. what we wanted. Because mm -hmm. there are a lot of really small yeah. bits of acting in there as well. That's really exactly. important. And, and I mean, obviously you can do that in CG, but I think that's a bit of a different budget, to be yeah. honest. And yeah. even though we wanted a kind of 3D volumetric approach to his body, I still wanted a very, very graphic approach to all of the character design. And... To achieve a very kind of stamped graphic look through CG again is a very very hard expensive mm -hmm. thing to do. So. But then we came across Harmony. Yeah, because then that was starting to become more of a a bigger thing that you know different series were starting to use that, and it's like okay, let's look into that and see yeah. if that would be something that could work for Pinky. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the final product. He does look. Like he's almost like a CG character in this sort of different way. It really, really stands yeah. out in that way. You'd have cool. to speak to somebody from Jamfold in regards to technical yeah. details. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like the weekend, but I love Wednesdays. I know you like the weekend, but I love Wednesdays. I know you like the weekend. I know you like the weekend. I know you like the weekend, but I love Wednesdays. Why is it so important for you guys to have music have the presence that it does in Pinky Malinky? I think it's just always come natural for some reason right yeah i mean i i think cartoons and music always is kind of a perfect marriage you see even back to the old like warner brothers tex avery uh, tom and jerry everything like that the way the the music works with mm -hmm. the cartoons and the animation it gives it a pace and uh, yeah you, when it's done right it's great it seems natural to really try and get that in there and have some musical numbers as well to Sometimes they help get story across and they just help bring an extra kind of pace and phonetic energy to certain scenes. Mm -hmm. But just, I mean, doing it in a bit of a different way as well, where it's... Because in the social media shorts, there's a lot of musical numbers in that as well. So it's not just throwing a song into an episode. Yeah, it's using it more as a, a video or something, yeah. often. Or storytelling tool, yeah. or even just for a gag or, or whatever it is. So it's not just them breaking out into song for for no reason, right. or in a traditional musical yeah. way. It's more like... And th there's a lot of times that we've not asked for that. And like mm -hmm. the 
the writers, sorry, the directors and the board artists have just gone ahead and like put songs in there. Yeah. It's like, wow, that works. So, like, you just roll with it. And yeah. Cool. I mean, you have to give a shout out to Megan, Megan Dong, who's now our supervising director. The amount of songs that she's done on this show. And yeah. <laughs> each gonna... one of them is amazing. Like, yeah. so catchy. I know. There's going to have to be an album. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with the way you are. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I like you just the way you are. When kids and families and adults and everybody, when they're watching an episode of Pinky Malinky, what do you hope that they take away from it? What What are some of the things that you're that you're excited to share with people? In a lot of our episodes, there's a nice, hopefully subtle message, which if even a few people take that away from it, I'll be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we always try and... It has a real warmth to yeah. it. Yeah, Which definitely. is something warmth, that's been... heart. Yeah, essential. And we've really been pushing for diversity, as we were saying before, in regards to the cast, the characters, even even on our crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that whole kind of acceptance for people, for who they are, no matter where they come from, yeah. no matter the color of their skin, yeah. no matter yeah. what Size, sex they shape, are. Size, shape, color, exactly. everything. Yeah. I mean, that that is the core theme behind Pinky, is this one little kid who's so different from everything around him, but he doesn't let that stop him, and people embrace him and, and love him. And I think that's what we're really pushing for in the show. Yeah, be nicer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you guys are doing something right. I really love the show. I can't thank wait you. for people to see Thanks. it. It's so funny. So thank you again for coming in and chatting with us. This has been no fantastic. Problem. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank guys. you. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, gentle listeners. That was our conversation with Pinky Malinky creators, co-executive producers, Chris Garbutt and Ricky Asbjorn. Huge thanks to them for coming in and talking to us. And if you are like me and you cannot wait for more Pinky Malinky, well, guess what? You can follow Pinky himself right now on Instagram. It's at Pinky underscore Malinky. And you should be doing it because Pinky's hilarious. Visit us online at nickanimationpodcast.com for more episodes and tons of cool bonus behind the scenes stuff and some rad stuff from Pinky Malinky. So be sure to check that out. Guys, you're not going to want to miss an episode of the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast. So please subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks to the awesome crew who puts this podcast together. This podcast is produced by Jonathan Highlander, Dana Vasquez-Eberhardt, Tony Gutierrez, Jamie Goss, and Andrew Hubner. Original music by Useful Creatures. This week's episode edited by Jonathan Highlander and Josh Caldwell. Our social media team is Narbe Manassians, Sammy Armiger, and David Watson. Manny Grujava is our engineer and the man with a plan. Thank you, Manny. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast and keep watching cartoons. Thank you.